What is up, everybody? Welcome back to yet another installment of your favorite podcast, favorite podcast, The Hutton Sports Show, where we have got yet another phenomenal episode coming your way, kicking it off with the NFL playoffs. First year starter, CJ Stroud and Jordan Love absolutely shined in the wild car round. Uh, CJ Stroud leading the Texans to somewhat of an upset over the Cleveland Browns. Uh, 270 plus yards, three touchdowns, an identical stat line for Jordan Love, who led the Green Bay Packers to a huge upset over the Dallas Cowboys in the wild card round in Dallas. Big game for both of them. They had identical stat lines, identical passer rating. CJ Stroud, I think, had two more yards, um, both through three touchdowns. Phenomenal games. Um, the Texans obviously will move on and play the Baltimore Ravens, where I'm not going to lie, I don't expect their road to continue much further after that, but the Green Bay Packers move on to play the San Francisco 49ers, where I also don't expect their road to continue much further, but what electric performances in both of their playoff debuts. That was a phenomenal game. Um, these first-year guys, I mean, they, they played incredible all year. Obviously, Jordan Love down the stretch of the season, throwing just one interception, 21 touchdowns. Uh, absolutely electric stuff. And CJ Stroud, we saw what he did all year. Uh, one interception for every 100 pass attempts, a 1% interception percentage. That's absolutely absurd for any quarterback, let alone a rookie. And what a job D'Amico Ryans has done. What a job Matt LaFleur has done leading each of these guys, getting their young guys poised and ready, uh, developing them throughout the season and putting them in a position to succeed in the playoffs, let alone, you know, come out and upset the Dallas Cowboys in a red hot, uh, Cleveland Browns team, uh, who obviously red hot, but Joe Flacco, not not only that, had the number one defense in the NFL and didn't didn't look like it. Um, as for Dallas, they got absolutely embarrassed. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Where do the cow where the where do the Dallas Cowboys go after suffering the worst loss in franchise history? Period. Not only in the regular season, just total forty eight points. First uh, year starter in Jordan Love. First playoff game for Jordan Love, and he just went in and got it done. Um, what are the Cleveland Browns doing? Or excuse me, what are the Dallas Cowboys doing? What are the Cleveland Browns doing? What are the Dallas Cowboys doing? What is Dan Quinn doing? Um, that just completely killed Dan Quinn's head coaching hopes. I mean, if I'm Dan Quinn, kiss that paycheck goodbye. He's not going to be a head coach anywhere. Um, probably good for him though. I mean, you could. They could use him in Dallas. He's coveted in Dallas. Um, Dallas D Dallas made a lot of haste, hasty decisions. Um, obviously, the announcement that Big Mike would be returning to Big D, uh, the billion-dollar playpen, as Stephen A. Smith calls it. Uh, Jerry World, Mike McCarthy, has made his return. Uh, I don't know how, if you're Jerry Jones, you make that decision after going 12-5 and five for three straight years and not going to one conference championship, how you make that decision to not even look in the direction of a Bill Belichick or a Jim Harbaugh, any of those guys. Mike Tomlin, even before he was uh, confirmed back in Pittsburgh, didn't give any of those guys any looks. Says he's sticking with their guns. Says he likes what they have. Um, I, I could not imagine why the Cowboys are good in the regular season, but absolutely fall apart when it comes to the playoffs. Dallas absolutely should have given um, those guys some looks, maybe even brought them in for an interview. I think that was a very hasty decision. I don't think Jerry Jones really um, gave it enough time, gave 
gave it any thought really. I don't I don't think there was any any chance in any chance in hell that Dallas would even look outside for any of those guys. I I mean obviously I thought they would like you'd think you would hope they would, but like you know with Jerry Jones with Dallas obviously you you'd never really like expect those kind of, like you they're 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 within themselves. I mean Jerry has his way and it's Jerry's way or the highway and that's that's how they get that's that's how they get down in Dallas. So um props to Jordan Love, props to CJ Stroud, props to those teams, Houston Texans, Green Bay Packers moving on. The Dallas Cowboys are going home yet again. Um probably going to look to uh probably going to look to move off Dak, I would assume or they're just going to ride it out with another season of Big Mike and Dak uh leading the way. I don't I don't I don't really I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you're a Cowboys fan. It it uh it really sucks. Really, really sucks for the Cowboys. Moving on, the Buffalo Bills beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, everyone knew that was going to happen. Uh, they will move on and play the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, uh, nice, <laughs> nice for football. We get another Mahomes Allen installment in that rivalry. You gotta love that. You're you're happy about that. Um, it's going to be a great game. Who would you rather have? In this game, I think it could really go either way. I think both players are electric quarterbacks that could obviously be the difference makers for their teams. It's going to be a phenomenal game. Game in Buffalo, though, which could obviously uh, complicate some things for Kansas City. But, I mean, we've seen it happen before. We've seen Mahomes' magic work in Buffalo before. Um it's going to be a phenomenal game. It's going to be a great game. How about how about we roll with Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills? They're hot right now. Josh Allen's not turning the ball over. He's a touchdown machine. Absolutely dominated the Steelers, 31-17. Um, the game was not as close as the scoreboard would entail. Pittsburgh had some costly turnovers, a couple key fumbles. Um, and, you know, there was some uncertainty if Mike Tomlin would be back, but obviously – very soon after the game, he would have a meeting and tell the players that he would be back, which is very fortunate for a Steelers fan. I, for Steelers fans, I'm happy about it. Um, I think all Steelers fans should be over the moon about having Big Mike back in town, the real Big Mike back in town. Um, in Pittsburgh, there, Tomlin's through with the shit. Tomlin came out today, press conference. He was, he was joking to start asking people if they had any contract questions. Um, I have a contract question. Well, when, when are we, when are we going to bring in a real quarterback? Um, <laughs> when are we going to bring in a real offensive coordinator? Mike Tomlin answered those questions for me. He said that Pittsburgh will be looking outside the organization for offensive coordinator help, but hopes to get Mason Rudolph back. Obviously, he will be an unrestricted free agent. I don't want him back. I don't want any of these quarterbacks back. Um, to me, if you're Pittsburgh, you got your eyes on three guys. I actually wrote an article about this today. Go read it at GiveMeSport.com, Ethan Hutton, E-T-H-E-N-H-U-T-T-O-N, Gardner Minshew, Baker Mayfield, Kirk Cousins. There's a th- Listen, my brother's going to be pissed off because I told him there's no chance in hell the Steelers get Baker. I still don't think there's much of a shot, but Kirk Cousins or Gardner Minshew, those would both be, obviously you want Kirk Cousins, but Gardner Minshew, I think he would do a great job um, with really – less pressure than he had in Indianapolis. I mean, Pittsburgh's got a phenomenal defense. Obviously, probably going to look for defensive coordinator help because 
Their defense was pretty suspect this year. Gave up a lot of yards. Didn't give up a lot of points, though, Ben, but don't break. But that's obviously not going to work out for you every game, as it didn't for the Steelers. Um, could look for coordinator help, but really... I think the key is I think the key is the offense. I mean, this offense is atrocious. It's an offense that even after firing Matt Canada still only averaged 19 points per game, did up their yardage totals by almost 100 yards, which is which is great, but what the hell does it matter if you're kicking a fucking field goal? Just bear it like you're 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 kicking one more field goal a game. That's that's great. That's you still need an offensive coordinator, and you still need a quarterback that can help push the ball down the fields. George Pickens over 1,100 yards this year. Um, Deontay Johnson, you know Calvin Austin, Pratt Firemouth, all those guys. They need some. They're going to need some help. <laughs> like they're going to need a guy to throw them the damn ball. And I don't think Kenny Pickett's to do that. The guy to do that. I don't think Mason Rudolph's the guy to do that. I think Kirk Cousins is the guy to do that. We heard Marcus Spears say that um, he thinks the Pittsburgh Steelers are definitely a contender with Kirk Cousins, and I absolutely agree. I mean, this is a Pittsburgh Steelers team that went ten and seven with a destitute roster, um, injuries up and down all year, locker room drama. What the hell? I mean, Tomlin kind of Tomlin kind of lost hold of his uh, locker room for a while, but he got it back. Um, everyone's happy. Mike T's back in town. Everyone loves playing for Mike Tomlin. You'll never hear anyone say a bad word about the guy. I mean, good for Pittsburgh. Um, I'm sure everyone's happy to have him back. I'm sure the Rooney's are happy to have him back. Uh, got to get a quarterback though. I mean, whether it's free agency, whether it's the draft, got to get a quarterback in there, and you got to you got to get a guy that can lead this offense. Kenny Pickett's not the guy to do it. Mason Rudolph's not the guy to do it. Mitch Trubisky is absolutely not the guy to do it. Um, good to hear from Mike Tomlin today, though, offering some insight on Pittsburgh's future, and it's it's refreshing to hear. You know, it's it's abnormal within the Steelers organization to openly say so soon after you know, a playoff win because the standard in Pittsburgh's been um, don't just, just don't just winning season. It doesn't matter what happens after that, as long as we have a winning regular season. And that's a terrible formula. That's a downright awful formula. You're not going to go anywhere with that Pittsburgh in each of the last three years they've been in have been the worst team in the playoffs. And I don't think it's been close. Um, Put on a pretty decent display against against Buffalo. Almost got a comeback rolling, but just couldn't get anything flowing offensively. I mean, no one really expected Pittsburgh to be in that game. Terrible weather. Um, terrible circumstances for Pittsburgh, obviously, without Kenny Pickett, without T.J. Watt. Um, there's a case to be made. T.J. Watt's a game wrecker. Uh, league leading, was it 17 or 19 sacks this year? Um, hopefully the defensive player of the year. I mean, I don't really give two shits about anyone saying well miles garrett actually had more pressure that he didn't get to the quarterback he didn't get the sack sacks are indicative of a successful pass rush to me anyway and tj watt got there um also led all defensive player of the year favorites and tackles for loss um had his best year in terms of pass coverage and i mean that's I, I don't I, I don't know how you wouldn't give the award to TJ Watt. Um to me you do. Um I think TJ Watt's uh up and down the defensive player of the year. Um give it to him. Uh look out for Pittsburgh next year. There I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit up here and say Pittsburgh's gonna be anything next year because Pittsburgh could easily be ten and seven and first round exits in the playoffs again, and it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. Um, they could very well easily, they could just as easily not get a quarterback in free agency. 
and decide they just want to ride it out with Kenny Pickett for another year and go 10 and 7 and lose in the playoffs because that's what the Pittsburgh Steelers like to do. Um, moving on, though, from my angry Pittsburgh Steelers fan rant, let's talk about um, Bill Belichick and him meeting with the Atlanta Falcons for the second time already in the uh, young hiring process, the young coaching cycle. Um, kind of an unpopular opinion, uh, it seems. I think Bill Belichick would be great for Atlanta. I think Bill Belichick would be great for another team. I don't think he's getting enough love as you know, I like uh, the head coach he is. I mean, obviously, like we saw what he did in New England the last couple of years. Mac Jones wasn't his guy. He didn't want to draft Mac Jones. I, I can't fault him for that. Um, in Atlanta, he's going to be able to pick his quarterback. I, obviously, we're going to want to alleviate him of any general manager responsibilities. We saw that whole debacle of him trying to be a team builder. He's not. Um, uh, but I do think you you know obviously you're gonna get his insight on the quarterback. He coached the greatest quarterback of all time uh, with a quarterback in Atlanta. I think Atlanta arguably is the most talented team within that division. I know Tampa Bay has Baker and they got those wideouts. They got a pretty solid defense, but um, Atlanta's talent is undeniable. They got Jesse Bates defensively, offensively. You know you got Kyle Pitts, you got Bijan, you got Drake London. Those are a stifling three headed monster of an offense. Um, and I, I I do think they're a quarterback away. I think Bill Belichick would come in, maybe bring in a uh, solid offensive coordinator, help learn up those young guys, get whatever quarterback they do land ready to uh, ready to rock and roll. And I think I think Atlanta could definitely be dangerous in the NFC South next year. I do think they could very easily win that division and maybe even notch ten wins. Uh, I I obviously the NFC South isn't going to be. It, like much more than it was this year with a nine and eight division winner, um, but you know Atlanta's l- absolutely loaded with talent. They have another high pick in the draft. They could make a move for one of these good quarterbacks. Maybe even bring in a Jaden Daniels or a Michael Penix. Whoever Belichick decides he likes most, I'm I'm I couldn't tell you who, but any of those guys I think would be would be phenomenal. Phenomenal um, could also move up. I mean there there's no one saying they couldn't move up for a Drake May or someone like that. I don't know if they move up for a Caleb Williams. I don't know if Belichick wants to coach a guy like a Caleb Williams. Um, I think Drake May is Bill Belichick through and through. I think he would be sound in a Bill Belichick system uh, within a Bill Belichick scheme. Obviously, Bill Belichick's not going to run any kind of offense, but um, it's a culture thing, and I think Drake May would buy in very well to a Bill Belichick-led culture. I think that would be a phenomenal pickup for Atlanta. I think Bill Belichick would be a phenomenal pickup for Atlanta. I don't think they should really look much further if they like him that much obviously already meeting with him for a second time um and you look at a team like dallas and wonder why they wouldn't want to go and pick up a bill belichick obviously like we talked about earlier i i think bill belichick would be would be great for atlanta um trails kind of cooling off on jim harbaugh uh, met with the Chargers, obviously, first day he could, and I'm sure that meeting went great. I'm sure the Chargers want him. I'm sure he wants the Chargers. Um, Michigan's probably going to put together a pretty enticing dynasty-like offer to get him to come back. But to me, uh, if you're Bill Belichick, I'd, I'd go chase that bag. I don't think – I mean, Michigan could definitely put together a uh, com- comparable offer. Um, go get that Lombardi, man. I mean, the Chargers are right there. They're waiting in the wings. A playoff contender, Justin Herbert, he's ready to take that jump. And I think I think Jim Harbaugh could definitely help get him to take that jump and put him into that upper echelon of the Josh Allens, the Joe Burrows, and the Patrick Mahomes. As you could argue, he's already there. But with a guy like Brandon Staley, I mean, 
really hindering him um, within that system, um, within that offense. You don't like to see that from a guy like Justin Herbert. Justin, I mean, Justin Herbert's got all the talent in the world, one of the greatest rookie seasons any quarterback's ever had. And, I mean, if I'm Jim Harbaugh, I, I definitely am coaching, uh, approaching the, uh, the Chargers job with um, not only an open mind, but probably some favor to uh, want to go to Los Angeles and build up that culture, that, that Chargers culture that is lacking so desperately in a, uh, in a Rams town. I mean, you know, Los Angeles is a Rams town. That's, there's nothing wrong with that, but if you're the Chargers and you, you want some phantom, you got to stack some chips. You got to do something to get people to root for you. And I think Jim Harbaugh could do an excellent job building that culture there. Uh, moving over to the NBA, we have got some electric trades that have gone by. We've seen OG Ananobi go to New York, and we just saw Pascal Siakam get traded to Indiana. Excuse me. Um, and with this trade, Indiana becomes that much more dangerous. This is a run-and-gun Pacers team. They're young, they're exciting, they're fast. They get out in transition, and Pascal Siakam's coming in. He's one. He's arguably the best transition player this season statistically in the NBA. And you have Tyrese Halliburton, who's dropping 20 assists every other night, um, mostly doing his work in transition too. I think this is going to this is a phenomenal move for the Pacers. I I would be thrilled about it if I was a Pacers fan. All eight of you out there. And I think this is a move that really makes Tyrese Halliburton that much better. I think Tyrese Halliburton already had a spot in the MVP race. I think he's been playing out of his mind this year. Definitely taking that jump. And I think uh, taking that jump into superstardom, that is like joining that upper echelon of point guards. I, I To me, he's in that conversation with a Shea Gillagis-Alexander. Um, I don't think Shea is quite to the, the Lucas of the of the world that that first team those Jason Tatum's those kind of guys but I do think he's within that Anthony Edwards Shea Tyrese Halliburton kind of I I do think I I classify all those guys in the same tier I would um all young guys that are definitely taking that jump this year we're seeing all all three of those guys really take that jump and move into that upper echelon of the Lucas and the Tatum's and all those kind of guys um, phenomenal move for Indiana. Um, definitely going to be a team looking to compete in the East down the stretch. They've already been playing very well. Um, Rick Carlisle is doing a phenomenal job. He's an absolutely great coach. I can't imagine why Dallas would ever let him go. Um, definitely not like his decision, of course, but I'm pretty sure he got fired uh, 2018, 2019, somewhere in there. But he's been doing a great job in Indiana, been doing a great job developing Tyrese Halliburton, helping him get to that next level, helping him take that jump. And I think uh, Tyrese Halliburton is doing a phenomenal job this season, definitely going to be an all-star. And I think Pascal Siakam is going to really enjoy life with Tyrese Halliburton. I think they're going to benefit a lot off of each other. And Indiana's, like like I said, they're young, they're running gun, they're exciting, they get out in transition. And... It's going to be tougher for some of these teams in the East like to defend. Um, we're going to talk about the Knicks next, but the Knicks as well. They're a team. They're they're young. Um, they're they're getting the ball in Jalen Brunson's hands. We're going to move over and talk about the Knicks um, getting the ball in Julius Randle's hands as well. Uh, that's why you would make uh, R.J. Barrett trade to put the ball in those guys' hands. Get those are your primary ball handlers within the offense. They run the offense and O.G. Ananobi. I mean. He's been doing a great job in New York. The Knicks have been doing a great job since the OG Ananobi trade. Seven and two, uh, 
first game coming against the Timberwolves on the first of the year, and the Knicks have been explosive. Both of those teams, uh, the Knicks actually jumping the likes of the 76ers and close to jumping the Bucks in the standings uh, category. And I don't think either of those teams are quite there yet. I don't think they're with the Phillies and the Milwaukee's and the Boston's. They're not there yet. Um, but I mean, it's a young season. We're not even to the trade deadline and we could definitely see these teams make some runs and get to going. And at this season, as soon as this season, they could take that step. Um, you look at Milwaukee, they have a ton of holes defensively, nowhere near the same, uh, team on the defensive side of the ball with Dame. And I, I, I think there's definitely room for some upset and the Pacers has, have been the Bucks kryptonite all season, swept them in the regular season series. And that's that's good for Indiana. That's a phenomenal sign for Indiana to be able to beat a, a veteran Bucks team like that. And yeah, uh, the East is an exciting place to be. The East is young. Uh, moving out west, <laughs> where it's not so young and it's not so exciting, the Lakers and the Warriors are struggling mightily. Some veteran teams that are going to need some help as the trade deadline approaches. Um, as for the Lakers. D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves are not cutting it. They're not getting Anthony Davis and LeBron James the help they need. Um, sitting at twenty and twenty-one and twenty-one, the tenth seed, um, barely making the play-in. I don't. I, they they desperately need some help. I do think they look to add a Zach Levine. I do think they look to add a Kyrie Irving. One of those two at the trade deadline. Really got to make a move to push this team over the top and get them back into contention. They've been absolutely abysmal since winning the in-season tournament championship. And that's a cool feat. Like, cool, all you got all your guys $500,000. That's really sweet. But look around. <laughs> you're you're barely cracking the play, and you're in desperate, desperate uh, territory. Like they, they could very, very easily miss the playoffs with where they stand right now. And the Warriors are really in that... Uh, same category, 18 and 22, um, not looking good at all. Clay Thompson shooting below 30%. Um, Draymond Green coming back, he's not really having much impact. And these are both guys that I think Golden State needs to move on from. The big three's old. It sucks to see them go. But if this is this, this is a team that needs to maximize Steph Curry's prime while they can. Steph Curry is their meal ticket. He's their best shot to add another championship. And you want you want Clay and Draymond to benefit obviously they've been in the dynasty they've been with it ever been with them every step of the way um i think it's definitely time for golden state to move on from clay andre um and you have players complaining about steve kerr now jonathan kaminga not getting minutes not maximizing his potential in golden state and that's a problem that's a big problem for a guy like steve kerr um to me you got to get you got to get clay out you got to get Draymond out get Jonathan Kaminga some minutes turn him into what he was supposed to be when you drafted him all these young guys that you drafted to replace these guys and now they're not getting any minutes I mean Steve Kerr's got to get these young guys some looks you drafted them to be the to be the successors of the dynasty to be the successors of a Clay Thompson and a Draymond Green you got to get them involved got to turn the ship around while you still can while there's still time in the season trade deadlines fast approaching and the Warriors have got to make some moves the Lakers have got to make some moves and these teams have got to get competitive quick uh real real quick before we get out of here I'm going to brag on my Cleveland Cavaliers a six game win streak and they are riding high um Darius Garland, Evan Mobley out, but it doesn't matter. Donovan Mitchell's been playing at an MVP level. Just put up 30 points in a 40-point blowout against the Bucks. 
didn't have Giannis, you know, I'll, I'll give him that. But the Cavs are hooping, and I just wanted to give a shout-out to my boys. Love me some Cleveland Cavaliers, and I love them even more when they're not pissing me off and they're winning some ball games. Guys, that is going to be all for this episode. I hope you all enjoyed listening. As for me, I have been your host, Ethan James Hutton the first. Check me out on all my social medias, E-T-H-E-N-H-E-T-T-O-N, thepeachbasket.net, givemesport.com, gridironheroics.com. Check me out. Guys, this has been the Hutton Sports Show. Take it easy.